the cost of change. Don't be a worm. It wasn't too long ago I was sitting with a good friend discussing ministry. Through a lot of prayer and conversation, we decided to take a different tact and change things up. As I suggested the change, I could see a stark look come over his face. I'd inadvertently said the dirty word, change, and it made his insides churn. Personally, I like change, productive, purposeful, meaningful change. Not just change for change's sake, but adjustments that better help people and accomplish healthy goals. Not everyone likes change, though, and I understand why. There are two truths that I like to share that I was reminded of while, yet again, in my garden. My vegetable beds look more like something out of an Adams Family episode now. Dried bean pods hang on spindly brown plants, zucchinis mashed to the ground, and cucumber vines lay prickly and hard like abandoned highways from the sky. Morticia Adams would be thrilled. But there, amongst the beige and brown, were several brightly colored, wonderfully decorated caterpillars, black swallowtails. They were eating my fennel plants, as had happened in the past with blogs like Rotten Tomatoes and Ripe Peppers, the life phase of my garden made me think of what those caterpillars would one day be in light of what they are now, and what would need to be part of that metamorphosis. Moving on. Isn't it humorous how we often desire others to change, but resist or deny it ourselves? It's curious that we demand change in our society, but are slow to be the catalysts. Why? because change can be hard and painful. One truth I've uncovered is this. Sometimes change is difficult because it's seen as a negative commentary on what was. In order to change, we have to abandon what was in order to achieve what will be. Just like the caterpillar, it can't be a worm and a butterfly. In becoming a butterfly, it doesn't mean that the caterpillar was wrong, just different. For people, this shift can require something as simple as new paint on a wall or as upheaving as leaving a job. As we lead others through change, and the church is absolutely one of those places where leading change must take place, we have to be sure to articulate that change doesn't necessarily mean that we were wrong. Many times, change is simply keeping up with an ever-changing world. Once my volunteer understood this principle, he was more at ease. It wasn't personal, but practical. When change happens, we have to lead it well. Munch, munch, munch. The other attribute of change is this. Change often requires something to disappear. The destruction of the row of fennel by the caterpillar was a graphic reminder that change requires energy and energy requires something to be consumed or converted. Whether it's fennel for the pillar or less hours at work, something has to fuel the change. We can't have everything. Years ago, we had to make some difficult decisions as to what would and would not be part of our ministry. At one point, we made the hard shift away from in-home meetings to a single place to gather. Too many times, we want to keep what we have and experience something new. This can't happen all the time. Even the early church had to abandon the Jewish customs to embrace a new faith. Jesus spoke about not putting new wine into old stretched wineskins. The old skins just won't hold the new wine. As leaders, it's our job to understand the many dynamics that accompany change and to help others move through it. I believe every organization has a destiny. In order to achieve that destiny, change has to be molded into the culture. Refusal to change often means an agreement to die, or in the very least, becoming irrelevant. However, change too frequently 
without purpose and direction, and you'll never establish a solid foundation. This, too, leads to death. So as you lead, learn to embrace healthy, motivating change. Properly lead your team through that change and on to something greater. Be the butterfly. Don't be the worm.